Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 121. In today's episode, we're covering shock in dogs and cats, what it is and emergency steps you can take at home. A medicinal mushroom that has been approved for over 30 years as a pharmaceutical treatment in Japan for treating cancer. Pumpkin seed is a natural dewormer for our pets. Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher, and I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast and leave a review, questions, or suggestions. Feel free to post a comment about this podcast episode on the blog at www.theinternetpetvet.com. I encourage you to get a copy of my new free book, Natural Health for Dogs and Cats, in which I share the most important remedies to keep your pets healthy and naturally treat disease. You can get your copy by going to www.veterinarysecrets.com. What is shock? Why did it occur? And more importantly, what can you do about it? Well, shock is defined as a lack of oxygen to the tissues of the body, specifically the organs. This typically happens as blood volumes or blood pressures drop. So shock often occurs following a car accident. There's a loss of blood and then the body's circulatory system fails to work, which means that the tissues and organs of the body, including the heart and brain, they struggle to get enough oxygen. Your dog, your cat's body's response to this is to shut down circulation to the extremities, focusing on directing blood and blood flow and ultimately oxygen to important things, you know, such as the brain, the vital organs. There are a number of different things that can result in shock. Most typically we'd be seeing a dog or a cat, they've been hit by a car and they've lost blood. When they're doing that, one of the first big symptoms can be shock. You can see it from heart disease, i.e. you know, some cardiac arrhythmia, heart failure, the heart's not pumping effectively, that can lead to shock. You can see anaphylactic shock in terms of some acute allergic reaction. Say it's to a bee sting, for instance. We can see it in extremes of temperature, where your dog is too hot, as in hyperthermia, or too cold, as in hypothermia. You can see it in certain endocrine disorders where electrolytes go way out of balance. For instance, we can see it in Addison's disease, where the potassium gets too high, and that can lead to shock. It's one of the first big signs and symptoms at times a veterinarian see and suspect a dog that may have Addison's disease, often they present in shock. What are some of the signs and symptoms of shock? Initially, there's a rapid pulse. Uh, our dogs are going to feel pale, cold, and clammy. And as shock develops, you see other signs, gray, blue skin color, and a blue tinge to the mucous membranes. Often these dogs appear weak and dizzy. They may feel sick as far as vomiting and or vomiting or diarrhea. Some have increased amount of thirst. Some have very rapid, shallow breathing. Then this can progress, and as the brain starts to struggle for oxygen, these guys get especially weak and dizzy. They eventually will lose consciousness and become very unresponsive. So say this happens with your dog, with your cat. Like, what do you do? What's the first thing? Well, first, if you suspect that your dog, your cat is in shock, the very first thing is you're calling your veterinarian immediately. Second, say your dog, your cat is just generally unresponsive and they're not almost seeming like they're progressing to being unconscious. Then you want to lie them down on the right side. Third, you want to put a folded blanket under their lower back to raise it. What we're trying to do is encourage blood flow to the heart and the brain. Fourth, you want to cover them and keep them warm, as warm as possible. A shock is made worse when a dog or cat is cold, anxious, or in pain. You want to reassure your dog keeping them warm can make a real difference. Five, if there's an obvious underlying reason as to why your dog or cat is in shock, obviously you want to treat that. I mean, if they're rapidly bleeding, you need to put pressure on that area that's bleeding. You want to keep pressure on there while your dog or cat is being transported to the veterinary clinic. 
say we suspect it's diabetes, you're worried about maybe I've given my dog, my cat too much insulin, then you've got to treat that chocolate, means giving sugar. And in general, I found for many clients that was actually beneficial. Have some rapid sweet thing that's easy to absorb. All of us are probably gonna have honey in the house, even like corn syrup. Rub some of that on your dog, your cat's gums while they're in shock, if they are in shock. And at all that same time, you're getting them to the veterinary clinic as soon as possible. At the veterinary clinic, they're gonna assess your dog or cat, determine what is the underlying cause of shock. One of the first big, big treatments then is IV fluids. They've got to rapidly restore blood pressure. We've got to rapidly restore blood circulation to the extremities. The big takeaway I want you to get from this section of the podcast is just understanding what is shock in your dog, in your cat, you being able to recognize it. And if you see that, you rapidly taking the appropriate measures in terms of immediately getting your dog or cat to the veterinarian, doing some of those suggested steps, then you're gonna give your dog or cat a much better chance of recovering from that shock. A new mushroom, it's not really a new mushroom, but it's been used for treating cancer in Japan and other conditions for well over 30 years. In fact, it was actually approved as a pharmaceutical grade medicine in Japan over 30 years ago, specifically for the treatment of cancer. What is it? Its name is called the turkey tail mushroom. The specific technical name or scientific name, it could be Coriolis versicolor. Some people know it as T versicolor. This turkey tail fungus mushroom is found throughout North America, Asia, and Europe. Its fruiting bodies overlap one another, forming a dense mass that grow on tree trunks, stumps, and fallen trees. The distinctive layers created by these bodies may be light to dark brown or gray. The polysaccharides of the fruiting bodies are sweet and mild in taste and are commercially marketed as a tea used in Asia and European traditional medicine. This mushroom, it's been consumed for centuries in Asia as part of a traditional diet and has also been used medicinally. Other remedies, it's been used to treat lung and liver infections. In China, turkey tail has been used as a preventive and curative agent for liver infections and liver cancer. In Japan, it's considered a panacea for a variety of cancers. Overall, the mycelium and fruiting body of the mushrooms are considered to have immune stimulatory and anti-carcinogenic activities. Clinical research on ingredients in this mushroom, one is called PSK, began around 1970 and is focused on the immune therapeutic efficacy in stomach, colorectal, esophageal, nasopharyngeal, lung and breast cancers. So what is in it that is having its anti-cancer effect? Well, specifically, there are things called PSPs or protein-bound polysaccharides. They're referred to a class of compounds that are abundant in certain medicinal mushrooms. What are some of the things that these polysaccharides do or some of the active ingredients in this mushroom? Well, they stimulate the immune system. You know, such as pro-inflammatory cytokines, interferon, interleukin, natural killer cell activity, increased number of T cells, and activation of the complement system. Specifically what this mushroom is doing or what the ingredients of the cell wall of this mushroom, that's where the polysaccharides are found, it's working on the immune system. It's just making it much more effective. So if you have cancer, your dog, your cat has cancer, specifically some of these cancers that I just mentioned, it's making it much more effective for the immune system to go ahead and attack them, which is kind of what you want. It's almost like sort of the ideal natural remedy. What about some of the studies? There's a a number of different studies that have happened throughout the world. Some of the Japanese studies, here's one with stomach cancer patients. What they found is those people that took turkey tail mushroom, they had a marked increase in five-year disease-free rate. Another study of 600 patients that were followed for five years also supported the use of turkey tail mushroom as an adjuvant immunochemotherapeutic agent following curative stomach cancer resection. 
This one study, they followed patients that had colon cancer and up to stage three colon cancer. So this is where the colon cancer is spread into the regional lymph nodes. They would have had surgery to remove the mass in the colon along with the lymph nodes. And they followed them up over a five-year period to see um, like who was going to be cancer-free after that five-year period. Even though it's stage three and they've done removed uh, the lymph nodes, they removed the cancerous mass, and they followed them up with chemotherapy, they never know for sure if it's spread or going to spread or not. So in this one study, they studied over 200 patients and those that actually were on the turkey tail mushroom for over five years, 80% of those were cancer free after five years. For those people who just took uh, the chemotherapy and didn't follow up with turkey tail mushroom, only 70% were cancer free after five years. And they also said additionally, uh, the turkey tail mushroom group experienced a significant reduction compared with the controls in lung metastases in terms of it spreading to the lungs. There haven't been as many studies in animals, but there's an interesting 2012 study and it was published in the Evidence-Based Complementary Medicine. And they looked at the effectiveness of turkey tail mushrooms in treating cancer with dogs with hemangiosarcoma. So that's a cancer of the spleen. It's actually a cancer of the lining and the red blood cells. And my one of my last dogs, Hoochie, um, but he had hemangiosarcoma. He actually died at the age of eight. It's a very aggressive type of vascular cancer. Hoochie didn't even live. He maybe lived a month after I diagnosed it. I diagnosed him. I removed the spleen. Unfortunately, it looked like there's evidence of it having spread. So I knew it was like, what do I do? So they did this follow-up study. And this interesting thing, what they found is dogs that just had surgery to remove the spleen, they lived on average about two months. Those that had the turkey tail mushroom, they lived on average four to six months. Like, okay. So no, they're not saying it's like this magical panacea. It's going to cure the cancer, but it gives you a marked, marked improvement. And honestly, if I was aware of it at that time, I definitely would have given Hoochie the turkey tail mushroom. Now I'm just looking at, you know, him feeling better, having a period of time with him and looking at quality of life. So, you know, we could still do our thing together and have that little bit more time with him. And definitely I would have used the mushroom if I had it as an option or if I was aware of it. Can there be side effects of this turkey tail mushroom? They say they can be some side effects reported as very minimal. They say some people can have diarrhea, some people can have a dark stool, but that's it and very few people report side effects. What about drug interactions? They report no drug interactions or no serious drug interactions at all. So turkey tail mushroom is often used in conjunction with chemotherapy and there's no issue. Never mind some of the other drugs that are used or some of the other anti-cancer drugs that are used. So it's a really great option for our animals in terms of you know having no serious side effects, no other drug interactions, and a real positive chance of having a real positive result for your dog and or your cat. What about doses? For the average human dose, when I'm looking at a number of the different studies, is about 3,000 milligrams per day. And that can be given long term. That equates to about 20 milligrams per pound daily. And this would be the dose that they'd be suggesting or giving to a person that has cancer, i.e. colon cancer. So we're going to extrapolate that back. We're going to dose a dog or a cat about 20 milligrams per pound. Say we look at little Tula, she's about 25 pounds. That'd be about 450 milligrams. Many of the capsules, I just picked up some capsules a few days ago. They're 500 milligram capsules. So if, if Tula were to have cancer, I'd be giving her one 500 milligram capsule a day. So in conclusion, you have a dog, a cat that has cancer. I think it's a great option as far as an alternative cancer treatment, just because of all the potential big upside, virtually no downside. And if one of my animals are to get cancer again, definitely this is going to be part of the holistic cancer regimen. 
Lastly, a new natural dewormer. Hmm, have you ever thought about pumpkin seeds? Well, turns out they are used around the world as a natural dewormer. They've been used as a dewormer for tapeworms as well as for roundworms. The active ingredient in the pumpkin seed is called cucurbitin. It paralyzes and eliminates the worms within the digestive tract. Pumpkin seeds are pretty healthy too. I mean, they're loaded with protein, amino acids, fiber, iron, copper, magnesium, calcium, zinc, potassium, and a couple B vitamins. In other words, they're also good for overall dog and cat's health. Is it gonna work as well as a conventional dewormers? No, it's not. But you'd be surprised, like certain countries around the world, say Brazil for instance, like this is considered like a primary dewormer. And for many areas, I mean, they don't have access to these dewormers, especially say for some of their animals. So this is what they're using is pumpkin seeds, which is awesome and so good to know. So there's a bunch of enough studies to say that, yeah, it is decreasing the worm burden. Maybe it's not gonna be effective as that conventional dewormer, but it's a pretty darn safe, healthy thing to give your dog, your cat, and give it to them regularly. So you've got a cat that hunts mice, she keeps getting tapeworms. Give pumpkin seeds as a really good option. What about dose? What I would suggest first is that you get those whole seeds, the whole raw seeds, not salted or anything else, and then grind them up even with a spoon. Just make them ground enough. And you'd be dosing your dog or cat about a quarter of a teaspoon per 10 pounds of body weight once or twice daily. And I would do that for seven days on, so once or twice a day for seven days, stop for seven days, and then repeat. And then you've gone about sort of the typical parasite life cycle. Because anything that you give orally to kill parasites, to kill these worms, it's not killing the eggs. It's killing the worms once they hatch out of the eggs. So you need to allow the eggs to hatch again and then you go through a round of treatment again. Because often even the conventional dewormers were giving you a dose of, you know, give it once a day now, repeat that in you know seven to 10 days. That's how you make sure that the eggs have hatched and you're treating all the worms, not the ones that are that one-time basis. And the other big thing point is that they actually taste good. I offered some little tool and she's like, great, I love these pumpkin seeds. So I'm gonna start adding a bit of that. I'm gonna try it on the cat as well, let you know if that works as well too. There it is, a natural remedy for worms and parasites. Had a bunch of different studies showing how it could actually be effective. So I'd actually seriously, I'm gonna consider it myself. I encourage you to consider it as well. Thanks you guys for listening to this edition of the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is Dr. Jones. This was episode 121. Questions or comments, feel free to send me an email to podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. Please leave a comment on the blog at www.theinternetpetfat.com. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. It's Dr. Jones.